Hey, this is Ashlyn Beagley, and you are listening to All My Life, a podcast all about what it really means to follow Jesus and make disciples. Because once we have encountered the living God and been set free from our sin, everything else radically shifts for all of our life. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm here with one of my best friends and one of my favorite people ever. <laughs> so sweet! <laughs> um, Holly Herring. We're in her house, and we're going to record an episode today. <laughs> we're laughing because her roommate, like, walked <laughs> Just walked by. But we're going to record an episode today on living as threats to Satan. And I asked Holly to do this with me because she's literally one of the godliest woman I know, and I absolutely adore her, so thanks for doing this with me. Of course, anything. Um, But yeah, we just wanted to have a conversation about what it actually means to live as threats to the devil and what following Jesus really looks like in a more radical way than a lot of Christians in America um, view it as, I guess, Um, and really just what the Lord asks from us. And so what we mean whenever we say that we want to live as a threat to the devil is that we desire to follow Jesus in such a way that the kingdom or that the enemy of God sees us as a threat to his kingdom of darkness. So Satan will see us as a threat to his kingdom whenever we're actually following God. And the truth is that we live in a spiritual world and there's spiritual warfare going on for our attention and for our souls, honestly, and Satan wants to distract us. He wants to destroy us. And so as followers of God, we need to be aware of this and be equipped to battle him. Um, Second Corinthians 10, four through five says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And so Holly, will you kind of explain, um, I guess spiritual warfare a little bit more and what it looks like when Satan is attacking us. Yeah. Um, I just going off of what you said in Ephesians 6, um, 10 through 12, it says, finally be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. So I think that a lot of times people think about spiritual warfare as like actual fighting, like actual war, which I think is true, but it's not necessarily something that we can see. Um, So I think that has a lot to do with like our thoughts. Um, That's where I experience spiritual warfare the most um is like whenever you're trying to walk with the lord and something is holding you back um Mm. or anything of the sorts it kind of looks different in everyone's lives um but i think something that or a place that i see it the most is within my thoughts and overthinking or spiraling um with anxiety or different things like that so yeah um We also were talking about, before we started recording this, like, um, if Satan is attacking us, 
are there going to be like certain areas that he attacks us in or certain places that he's more likely to attack us? Um, and I thought, I think that's really interesting to think about and so true. Um, just thinking about like, he knows our weaknesses. Absolutely. That's what he's going to target. And so like you talking about that being your thoughts or like, I think that's a huge one for a lot of people. And I also can look at my life and I think that isolation is a big one which honestly yeah. affects my thoughts a lot um and just being aware of that and then also talking about certain places and we've both been able to kind of talk about you know like here in Stillwater um it's almost easier to walk with the Lord or like control our thoughts or um pursue holiness than whenever we're like at home where we grew up and it just feels like there are certain things that are attacking us more there than there are here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that has a lot to do with um, like the biblical biblical community that we're around as well. Um, because at home, like um, it's not necessarily me talking about what the Lord has been teaching me all the time. Um, but rather I think about a lot of the um, anxieties that I had during quarantine. Um, I dealt a lot with anxiety and just um, being alone with my thoughts a lot because I have two older sisters and they're not home anymore and um, my parents work. And so I often found myself alone and in isolation, Mm -hmm. like you're talking about. Um, And so I think that the Lord also, I mean, not the Lord, (laughs) the enemy attacks really easily um, whenever we're in places that remind us of situations that had happened before um, before I came to college slash my freshman year, I dealt with a, um, emotionally manipulative and abusive relationship. And I dealt a lot with that at home. And so I think that, um, whenever I go home, there's a lot of that anxiety that comes back from that. Um, but that's when we have to realize that we have to give this all back to the Lord. Um, and so we're reminded a lot of that here because we're constantly around community um, and constantly reminded to put those thoughts back at the feet of the Lord. Um, in Psalm 51 verses 10 through 17, it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from the blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open up my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. And so reading that like towards the end, I think that we have to understand um, that yes, Satan is going to attack us, but the Lord's not asking us um, to come to him put together without all of these brokenness, Mm -hmm. like all this brokenness with us. Like he's asking us to just come to him. Um, and lay all of those things back at his feet, um, whether we're within community or we're still fighting those things um, 
in certain places or certain areas of our lives. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, um, it's whenever we actually go to Jesus and like put those things at his feet that we experience freedom from anxiety and freedom from all of those things. Um, And then kind of going along with everything that we've been talking about and like when and where Satan might attack, I know that personally in my life and also in the lives of believers that I trust and respect a lot have just talked about, um, and I'm not sure if scripture talks about this specifically, but Satan attacking us when we are in a place where we are either like growing like tremendously in our walks with the Lord, or if we are about to grow that much in our walk with the Lord, or if we're in a place where we are pouring into other people and equipping and discipling other believers to go out and like pursue the Lord and pursue other people, like Satan's going to recognize those things and then he's going to want to shut it down and he's going to want to like destroy us. Yes, but that can also look like just like really discouraging us, um, manipulating us, um, just making us feel really inadequate or filling us with anxiety about ministry or about walking with the Lord. And I think that a lot of the times, like when we're in a place where you are actually like pursuing Jesus and like you're in the word and you're in biblical community and like maybe you're reading books or like biographies of like missionaries or different things like that, like you are equipping yourself to be a threat to Satan and Satan's going to want to attack you. Yeah. Um, And I think that I've just been able to recognize that multiple times in my own life. And I I think it's really, really true. Um, But another thing that we kind of wanted to address when it comes to living as threats to Satan is just being able to recognize what it is that Satan wants from us and what he delights in um, as believers. Like there are things that as believers we will do that we need to recognize because Satan delights in certain things that we might be doing. And once we recognize that, then we can adjust the way that we live and we can adjust our focus. Um, but a couple things like right off the bat are just like, if you are lukewarm in your faith, um, if you're on the fence with your relationship with the Lord, or if you're a believer, but you are not like actively walking with the Lord and pursuing an intimate relationship with him, then Satan is going to delight in your lukewarmness like you must decide that you're going to follow Jesus and then you can't look back like you have to make the decision and you know going along with that um I know that at least for myself growing up in like small private Christian schools um a really big one was just the amount of people that I was around who claimed to be Christians and whether or not they actually were and I fall into this category too like would leave their Bibles in their locker at school, or it's like, you're a believer, but you never open your Bible um, with the Lord. Like you go to Bible class if you're in a Christian school or you go to youth group or church or Bible study or whatever, but then you're not actually sitting down and opening scripture and like, just like talking to the Lord and reading through his word. And that makes Satan so happy because he knows that if you sit down with your Bible and you open it and you read it, you'll fall in love with Jesus. And he doesn't want you to fall in love with Jesus because that will change your life. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, um, literally those two things are like the absolute basics of following Jesus too. And honestly, as followers of Christ, we shouldn't even have to address those, I feel like, but we um, do. Yeah. We do. <laughs> and so there's that. Um, flash, bro. Wrestling <laughs> against our spirit. Yes. Um, but then, you know, a really big one for me that I've talked about probably multiple times on here by now is just like believers who get tripped up or crippled by what other people are thinking of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot live as a threat to Satan if you're crippled by what other people are going to think of you. Yeah. And like, Hallie, we were talking the other day about like once when God calls you to do something, it's not going to make sense to other people. Yeah. Most of the time. Absolutely. Um, but just deciding that we're not going to be offended for the sake of the gospel. And I wanted to address, I think I've read this on here before too, but Galatians 1.10 says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So Paul literally, <laughs> uh, this is Paul, right? Galatians, I believe so. I believe so. Look, he just assumes Paul wrote the entire New Testament. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he literally says, you know, like, if I am trying to please man, then I would not be a servant of Christ. Yes, it was Paul. Um, <laughs> But, like, looking at our motives and, like, looking at what our heart desires and if it's to please man and gain the approval of man, then we are not serving God, which is honestly just, like, a slap to the face. Yeah. Um, But recognizing that and then, Holly, you were talking a lot about, like, here in Stillwater, like, being surrounded by biblical community and being plugged into a church. Um, And I think that that's so important. Like, Scripture literally tells us how important that is. Like, we can't. We can't just rub that off and say like that it's not important to be plugged into a church and that it's not important to be surrounded by um, biblical community. And Satan wants us to think that it's not that important, um, even though literally like the church is the bride of Christ. And it's really, really powerful. Um, Matthew eighteen twenty says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so just like the people that you surround yourself with will contribute to the way that you're following Jesus. I really, really believe that. Yeah. Um, Coming into college, like the community that the Lord gave me and the community that I actively sought out has made a huge impact in my walk with the Lord. Um, And then going along with biblical community, um, we really want to encourage you guys that if you are keeping sin in the dark um, or if you're... um, blind to your own sin, like ask the Lord to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you know that you have sinned or are living in sin and you think that you cannot let anyone know, like that is a lie and Satan wants you to think that. He wants you to think that shame is what God has for you or what other believers have for you. Um, so we just want to really encourage you and like urge you to like repent of sin before the Lord after you ask him to call you out on it and then go and tell like one trusted friend like how like I can sit here and talk to Holly and like we can talk about sin with one another and like in a confession type of way not in like a oh let's make it seem not as bad type of way but like disgusted with our own sin and we can talk about it and like seek freedom from that together um James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The power of a righteous person has great power in its working. So, like, 
not just confessing sins to the Lord, but confessing it to one another so that we may be healed. Yeah. Like he says, it's a healing thing, which is absolutely awesome because I love to look at the Lord as my healer and the fact that he uses other believers in that and the power, like the power of prayer from other believers is just, just awesome. And there's so much freedom in like laying it at the feet of Jesus. And when you're actively saying it out loud, like there's so much freedom and like a weight lifted off of your chest because you're like, okay, these people know me. Mm -hmm. And when you're known, like you feel the Lord's presence because above all else, the Lord knows you better than anyone else ever could. Um, And so whenever he allows you um, that that healing and that redemption, like there's so much more freedom to be had and so much, it's like whenever um, it talks about um, us breaking off the chains that so easily entang- mm. entangle us and running the race of endurance, like us confessing those things and allowing us to take off those sins, those chains that like are actually holding us back. When we take those off, there's that, that freedom, that starting point of the running the race um mm. and so I think that's super important and just like confessing to another believer like it's the like the chains they're actually coming off, off. <laughs> they, they fall off whenever you say it out like when you call simple what it is and you confess it to someone else and it's maybe probably if it's something that you're not wanting to confess to someone else which I remember like freshman year being in a place where it was like the Lord calling me out on sin and him being like like, literally, our best friend, Hannah, he's like, you're going to go talk to Hannah about this. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he's like, yes, you are. And then just, like, like you were saying, like, realizing that, like, once we do that, we're not only known by him, but, like, we're known by other believers. And the way that it, like, strengthens friendships and it literally, like, takes your relationships with other believers, like, just that couple of close friends to a whole new level yeah where like it's like such a safe place just beautiful (laughs) it's beautiful and like that's such a healing process of like us allowing people into our lives is like seeing the most ugly parts of ourselves but Mm -hmm. then recognizing the redemption that the lord already has over those things too like it allows you to strengthen your relationship more than you could ever even realize because you're strengthening those friendships, but those friendships are only deepened and the foundation is only stronger because of who Christ is and how Mm. much he knows our thoughts. And so then it allows you to have those, those sin struggles. They're so much easier to be like, Oh, they don't have power over me. These don't have the spiraling thoughts anymore in my mind because it's like, okay, I know and I'm going to fight that this is hard and I don't want to be known in this way. But the minute that I make it known is the minute that I feel released of all of the pressure that mm. sin thinks that it has over me. Yeah. That's, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what she said. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, really important. And we wanted to address that because like Satan really, really wants you to keep things in the dark and you will not be able to follow Jesus and have the relationship with him that he wants you to whenever you're keeping things in the dark. Um, And kind of lastly, something that we wanted to address when it comes to following Jesus in such a way that we're living as threats to the devil is like recognizing the cost of our discipleship and the cost 
of following him because I think that especially like in the United States, it's very easy to think that like there is no cost for following the Lord when in other places in the world, like Christians are persecuted and martyred for their faith. And here it's like a lot of the times it seems like, okay, well, maybe the only thing that I'm going to have to deal with is like an awkward conversation or something for the Lord. Um, And so over um, Christmas break, something that I sat down with the Lord and just wanted to talk about was like, okay, God, what is the cost of my discipleship going to be like while I'm here in college in the United States? Like who knows where I'll be after this, but like, what am I having to sacrifice for the Lord right now? Because if I'm not having to make sacrifices, then, you know, am I really like, how well am I actually following you? And so, um, it was kind of like after, um, a lot of like stripping and pruning that the Lord had done over, you know, a year and a half or so, it was like, he was finally starting to show me, okay, if you're going to follow me like wholeheartedly and like fully surrender your life to me, these are going to be like the cost of that. Um, and so I've kind of listed some of these off in my journal. I just wanted to share them with you guys and the cost of discipleship that I've realized in my life is to fearlessly face discomfort. It's to expect absolutely no praise from anyone for what I'm doing. It's to expect the Lord to continually humble me, especially in like ministry areas or literally everything in my life, just (laughs) expecting him to humble me. It's to be available to the people that he's asked me to do life with. It's to be unmoved by the opinion of others, what they're saying, or the lack of what they're saying. Um, it's to fully expect to be misunderstood and to give permission, give people permission to misunderstand me. I was talking to Hallie before this and said <laughs> that I listened to a podcast, one of Sadie Robertson's podcasts that she did with Lauren Daigle, and she asked Lauren what the best piece of advice was that she ever got, and she said that it was learning to give people the permission to misunderstand her and that that was where true freedom came from and so just recognizing that like whether or not you are a follower of Christ you're going to be misunderstood but you know as a follower of Jesus like that is going to come along with it um the cost of my discipleship is to be a sojourner like to realize that this is not my home and my home is in heaven um it's to surrender relationships and know that a lot of the times that is part of the cost um, is to put my own dreams and my own desires second um, to the Lord and second to what he has called me to do. Um, because most of the time, the Lord gives us passions that are going to line up with what he calls us to do, Absolutely. which is awesome. But, you know, a lot of the times it's really all the time it should be, you know, recognizing what I desire and what I want and being willing to hold that with open hands and put it in second, put it second to what the Lord has called me to. Um, and then finally it's to put into practice the knowledge that I possess from scripture. So reading the Bible and, you know, gaining all of that head knowledge, but then honestly putting it into practice. Um, we've talked a lot about like our thoughts and something that I, I swear I mentioned my aunt Kim in every podcast. But, um, <laughs> like she's told me, you know, I think it's in like it starts in Philippians 4, 8, whenever it's talking about whatever's true, whatever's noble, like whatever is honorable and 
talking about like what we should be thinking of and what we should be centering our minds around. And she's like, remember, like put that into practice, like actually do that. And I'm like, right. Um, And so all of that being said with that whole spill, that whole list is just like, we want like, we want to be able to prepare ourselves and equip ourselves to do whatever the Lord has called us to do after college. Um, so whether you're in high school or college or wherever you are in life right now, um, the, I, the Lord has really shown me that preparing for what he's called me to do after college means being obedient now. And it means recognizing the costs of following him now um, and pursuing him wholeheartedly now. And that's the best way that I can prepare myself for whatever is to come. Um, but yeah, did you have anything to kind of I think that's a good rule of thumb just for anything in life. Like, just prepare to do whatever the Lord wants you to do, um, whether that's in adult life, in childhood, whatever it might look like. Um, but I think just, like, encompassing all of this, um, we talked about a lot about living as threats to Satan in our thoughts. Um, and I think the biggest thing that we can do is take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on the Lord. Um, because the minute that we do that, like nothing else really matters. Um, and whenever we're struggling with those big sin issues that we have, whether that's like lust in a relationship or thoughts or whatever it might be, whenever we're spiraling, like whenever we just take a second and take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on the Lord, we're reminded of truth that we're found that is found in Him. Um, and the truth that he loves us so much and he wants what's best for us, that all of the costs um, that we've talked about, all of these spiritual warfare, anything, like the Lord's going to take care of us mm. and he's going to put us first and take care of us. He goes after us and he leaves the 99 to follow us, to find us, to take us back, to draw us back to him. And I think that that's so important when talking about any of this, talking about scripture talking about living as threats talking about our thoughts and anxieties like when our eyes are focused on him like it's like that song the more I seek you the more I find you and Mm -hmm. he talked about even like the more that we're looking at scripture the more that we're falling in love with Jesus and it's because we're living our our lives with our eyes fixed on him rather than fixed on the success of life or fixed on um all of these thoughts or what other people think um Whatever it is, it's we just have to fix our eyes on the Lord and focus on what He has for us and our truth, the truth that's found in Him and in Scripture. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, yeah, because whenever we actually do that, like, we don't have to think so hard about everything else that we should be doing it. Yeah. It naturally will happen. It'll yeah. naturally fall into place whenever we're fixing your eyes on him because naturally my eyes only be on myself. Yeah. Um, so whenever, yeah, whenever we do take that, make that active choice to fix our gaze on our creator and on the one who gives us purpose mm. and who is our salvation and who is our life, then everything else is going to naturally like fall into place when it comes to following him. Um, but yeah, I think that that's all we had. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. 
Um, isn't Hallie amazing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no, I, I told the last episode that I did with Macy and Sophia, I was like, I'll put their Instagram handles in, oh my gosh. <laughs> in the um, show notes. And <laughs> Sophia was so funny. She's like, in, in our podcast today? Um, <laughs> but I will put Hallie's Instagram in the um, show notes in case y'all want to go find her. But thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful to you guys. Um, I hope that there was even just like one sentence or one line in here that the Lord needed you to hear that you can hold on to and not just hold on to, but go and like sit with it with the Lord and talk to him about it um, and ask him what he wants you to do with that. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you were encouraged by today's episode, I want to ask you to pause, take a screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story, tag me in it at ashlyn.beagley and tell me what your favorite part was. Tell me what you want to hear more of and just share it with your friends so that we can get this out to more people and so that I can see what has been encouraging you, what you like what you want to hear more of and then if you want to help me out a little bit more I would love if you would join me in just praying for this podcast praying for this ministry and then also if you want to leave a five-star review and written review on the podcast app that's super helpful thank you so much and I can't wait to dive in to some more episodes with you